Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I appreciate you listening to The Lake Show. Appreciate all the phone calls that we had last night on Timberwolves Tonight. A lot of frustrated fans. I know that that locker room has got to be frustrated. A lot of expectations for the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. And uh, the Wolves have some woes right now. And joining us to talk about what's going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves, former NBA uh, champion with the Chicago Bulls, uh, legendary Golden Gopher basketball player Trent Tucker. He joins us now on the uh, John Schuster Cole Banker hotline. Double T, I wanted to start with this. We all know and have been watching the games and see that the Wolves have a lot of troubles. And they just, they have no chemistry. They're not very good defensively. Um, there's no real connection and they're lacking leadership. Is this fixable? Because right now I'm questioning whether they can even fix all the things that are wrong with this team with the current group of guys they have. You know, like it's fixable, but. I think from a coaching staff standpoint, they're going to have to come up with a plan that's going to work. And and you just can't put, you know, five guys on the floor and expect it to work without any direction. And I think right now on both ends of the floor, the team doesn't have the right direction that they need to have, you know, to win games at this level. Because when the team gets down, it seems like that, one player here or there say, okay, I got to go do it by myself. And there's no game plan. So when you have a game plan, you know how to get back to your foundation and start over and proceed from there. But when you don't have a game plan, you know, you leave guys in a situation where now they think they have to do it all by themselves. Is it too simple to look at the Wolves' um, issues and say, man, Rudy Gobert is not a good fit? Because I, I don't think that that's the case. I, I I don't. I, I think that's pretty. That's that's trying to make it too simple. I don't. I don't think that it's all on Rudy. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's a team that has talent, and when you have you know talented players, you know that a number of guys can put can put the ball in the basket. The first the first thing you want to do is to make sure that you bring structure, you know, to that team, and help guys understand what their roles are, and then figure out a system you know, that they all can work in. And right now, I don't see where the Wolves have a plan on how to use the talent that's on the team. Talking to Trent Tucker here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, Who's been the most disappointing player, in in your opinion, to start this year for the Wolves? I I wouldn't say it's one person that has been disappointed. I think from a team standpoint, they've been disappointed. And... You know, it's easy sometimes to look at a guy here or there when he's not playing well, he's not doing some of the things that you think he should do. You know, but you know, basketball is a group activity, and the only way you're going to have success is that the team, everybody has to be on the same page 
and understand what we are doing offensively and defensively. We have to keep our not only our physical game intact, but we have to keep our mental game going as well. What do you make of Ant's game right now? Ant, um, Ant had that stretch of like two or three games in a row where he had 30 points, but after that, it's been a lot of inconsistency. It's, it's been a lot of struggling shooting the basketball. He just looks he just looks off. Well, it's hard. I mean, because for the first time, you know, as a group, the expectations are very, very high. And you just don't know how young people are going to handle those expectations on a nightly basis. To be a good team and a really good player in this league, see, you don't have to score 25 or 30 points a night. You know, understand what your role is. You know, let the team do it. You know, don't try to win it all by yourself. That's too hard to do. Some of the great players throughout the history of the game, when they first came into the league, you know, you know, they were a one-man team. You know, Michael Jordan, Chicago for many years. Sure, he was the best offensive player, but his team could not have success. And, and once he realized that I have enough players around me now that can help me win championships, I still can be the best player. But also, you want to have the best team. And the Wolves have talent. It's not like they're lacking talent. Now you just got to bring a team element to the talent that's, that, that, that's, that, that's in the locker room. Yeah, I, um, I'm just concerned, man, because as much as I look at this team and I'm, and I'm watching them every night, I guess the issue is, is I just don't know if this is fixable. Like, I, I really don't. And the thing that's troubling is it's not about Rudy and the guys that we lost. To me, it's about the draft picks that you lost. Because as long as Anthony Edwards is here, you need those draft picks to surround him with other good, young, emerging talent. Well, I, I give you an example. You know, back in 1982, 83, I played on a team with the New York Knicks. And we had a player by the name of Bernard King. And Bernard King was, uh, was a one-man wrecking crew offensively, averaging close to 32 points a game. Over the first 40 games, you know, late, we were 14 and 26. It's because he became a one-man wrecking crew. We hadn't found a balance on what type of team we could be. Unfortunately, during the there was a stretch where he got hurt. So now the coach had to coach differently. You know, we had Truck Robinson, who was an all-star player who came from Phoenix. Well, he was our leading scorer during that stretch. He only averaged 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. Over the next 42 games, like, we went 30 and 12 because now we understood how to play as a team. And, you know, yeah, you can use draft picks. I understand that. But if you can have all the draft picks in the world, if you can't plug them in the right way to become a functioning team, those draft picks don't matter. It's all about now. I think the coaching staff are going to have to sit down and figure out how do we use this talent that we have. We have a lot of young talent. We don't have a lot of old talent. The Lakers have old talent. They can't really play at a high level on a nightly basis. The Wolves have the Wolves got young talent. They just need now to figure out how to put them in a structure where they can flourish. Yeah, but you still need those draft picks because those draft picks are worth something. And if things don't work out, like – it, at least you can move those picks to try to help out said player on your team that's the best player on your team, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But this is not about the players. Henry Lake can be a number one draft pick. Trent Tuck can be the second pick in the draft. We can go to the same team. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's no function. There's no plan. There's no purpose. There's no understanding of what we're going to do offensively and defensively. Your, your talent doesn't matter. The Golden State Warriors, they have talent from top to bottom. 
when Mark Jackson first got there, he gave them a he gave them a structure and a reason and a purpose to plan. Steve Kerr comes in. Steph Kerr is the greatest shooter in, in the history of basketball, but he has a purpose and a plan. The Golden State Warriors understand what they're going to do in the last three or four minutes. What plays are we going to run? Who's going to be on the floor at the end of the game? Who who's going to get the ball to make the play here or there? They understand what they're supposed to do because they have structure. And right now, what I see from the Wolves, they don't have structure. Carlisle Towns got the ball last night, got the ball. First time he got it, he shot a three-point shot. Okay, you cut it to 12. You got five or six minutes to go. Where's the thought process at? We don't need a quick three. We just cut it to 12. Let's run a play and get a good shot. Now we might get it to 10 or 9. Come down and play defense. We still got time. Yeah, that starts with the coaching staff. That's not on the players by themselves. You have to give me structure and understanding what I'm supposed to do at certain times on the floor, so that you can help me win basketball games at this level. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. Do, do you? How, what do you make of the coaching staff? Do you? Are there certain? If you were on that bench, are there certain things that you're seeing that you would uh, be in the ear of uh, Coach Chris Finch about? Yeah, because the first thing I want to do is is to have a purpose on what we are doing defensively. What are our principles? How are we going to play the pick and roll? You know how are we you know how are we going to play down screens? How are we going to defend the post? You know when we play a certain team here or there, what are some of the things we are trying to take away? See, basketball is an educational game. It's not just a physical game. If you don't understand what Henry Lake can do, well, he's going to beat you every single time. Now, mm-hmm. you're not going to stop him every time down the floor, but when the game is on the line, Henry Lake is a catch-and-shoot guy. He likes to call left to right. When he goes left to right, he can do three things with the ball. He can shoot the jump shot, he can drive, and he can pass. So in the last two minutes, i got to force him to go left. Why? Because I know if I force him to go left, now I have a chance to make him a one-dimensional player. See, you have to have all these things on a daily basis that's drilled into these players so they, they know how to function. The team has talent, mm-hmm. but it's the structure in place to help this team grow and move in the right way. I would start defensively. What, what are the principles on defense? How are we going to pick, play the pick and roll? Stop switching. Why is Carl Anthony Towns switching on Damian Lillard? You can't guard Damian Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> But we are, but we, we all but laughing we are, in here when you said that. Right, right. We we are all comfortable. We just switch. No, 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 no. We don't play that way. Damian Lillard comes out to pick and roll. Who's setting the screen? Well, the guy setting the screen is a non-offensive player. Do we trap it and force him to pass the ball to the non-offensive player? If the non-offensive player catches the ball at 25 feet, what do we do in the next pass? We get up in the, in the passing lane and take away the next pass. We're going to make the guy on the floor who's setting the screen that's a non-offensive player make an offensive play. That helps our defense. Now, now, Lake, I have a structure and an understanding of what we're doing on the defensive end. But if we just switch, they clear it out. Carlos Towns, he picks up cheap fouls anyway. Now he's on the bench with four fouls because we don't have an understanding of what we are doing on both ends of the floor. There's I, no game plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me try to spin it positive for a second and g- give me a player that's impressed you with their play to this point in the season. You know, you know, I don't know if there's one player because you've seen inconsistency, you know, from everybody. 
you know, I think Gobert, for what he does, he's probably been the most consistent. But he's been sick over the last, you know, four or five days here or there. Yeah. Uh, your guy, your guy Noel came in and played well and got off to a good start. I mean, but you know he's up and down. Also, now he's a guy that can score the basketball. Okay, when he comes in the game, what are we doing? We don't. We don't. Have, he doesn't have to play one on one all the time. Okay, he can put the ball in the basket, play him like Benny Johnson. When he comes in the game, we run a certain plays for him to get shots. Everybody understands that. That's team structure. When Benny Johnson came in off the bench with the Detroit Pistons, they had Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumas. But when Benny Johnson came in the game, they understood we got to get him going offensively. That's how you win games. That's how you put teams in good situations to have success because everybody now understands exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Hey, Double T, man, always a pleasure to have you on. I know that you've been running around doing a million different things, and I'm sure that you've been in plenty of hockey rinks here in the last few weeks and, and even more. Hey, 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 you know what? While I'm talking to you right now, I'm sitting out in the lobby at the hockey. Both <laughs> of my kids are practicing tonight. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, well, always a pleasure, Double T. We appreciate the uh, the basketball knowledge, man. Anytime, late. All right, take care. That's Trent, uh, Trent Tucker joining us, Double T, here on The Lake Show on The Good Neighbor. All right, uh, we will take a quick pause and break. Come back. We got Word on the Street. That's next on The Lake Show. All right, it's time for Word on the Street here on The Lake Show. I guess that's my cue. That is. All right, let's uh, go ahead and get into it, H. Lake. Adidas announcement, it will sell the Yeezy designs without the Yeezy branding should be money to Kanye West ears. But even though he has that in writing, he's not getting a dime. Sources with direct knowledge of the deal say that he signed the uh, deal he signed with Adidas. Say there's a clause in the contract that calls for the rapper designer to get a reduced fee if Adidas sells his designs without his branding. Now, that's interesting because when Adidas cut ties last month over his anti-Semitic and bigoted statements, said it would not pay him a single cent from that day forward. Now, that was before Wednesday's announcement. That'll roll out some of his shoes in 2023, just with the Adidas name and the markings instead of Yeezy. Now, TMZ asked the German shoe company if it planned to follow through on paying the reduced fee. And a spokesman said he's getting zero niche nil bupkis. All right. So this is my thought on it. I don't like the fact that Adidas is going to sell the merchandise. Uh, I think that they should just go ahead and just just eat the losses. And I know that that's easy for me to say, but there's a couple things here. Do I think that he is going to actually get something out of them selling this? Yes. Because they, they're going to try to rebrand it or rebrand their brand that was a part of his brand? Yes. I don't think for one second that Kanye West is going to get zero out of this. I think he's going to get something out of it, which I don't like. Secondly, it is a... The clothing's terrible. So, like... Is it worse than Big Baller? I would wear Big Baller 10 out of 10 times over some Yeezys. Yeezys are ugly. But this is my point, though. Why sell something that people think you're... Because if you sell it, people are going to be like, they're still aligned with with Kanye West. Yeah. Even though it doesn't say Yeezy or whatever on it, they're still going to be like, okay, that's still his stuff. It's the perception. Yes. I, I just, so. I think this is bad for Adidas. They should just get away from this. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, brands and getting away, Kyrie Irving's relationship with Nike is likely over 
This according to Phil Knight, co-founder and chairman of the brand. Now, in an interview with CNBC, he commented on Irving's future with the brand, saying, I would doubt we would go back, but I don't know for sure. Kyrie stepped over the line. It's kind of that simple. He made some statements that we just can't abide by, and that's why we ended the relationship. And I was fine with that. Now, as reported on Friday, they announced they were suspending their relationship after he refused to apologize for tweeting a link to a controversial film containing an anti-Semitic messaging. Nike's move to press pause on its relationship and partnership with Irving came after the Nets suspended Kyrie for at least five games. And uh, Knight told the outlet, when signing athletes, they consider not only good how the athlete is, but also the kind of character that they display. I quite honestly, and I have no issue with Phil Knight doing this, I wouldn't want my um, company to be aligned with Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we're ever going to see Kyrie Irving get big-time endorsements ever again. I really don't. And to to say that he's worthy of it, I can't say that he's worthy of it. This is something that is a no, a big no. Mm -hmm. Not only that, he talks down to people. He's very condescending. He thinks that he's better than everybody else. There's no real reason to me for – any company to want to get aligned with him. There are other good basketball players in the world. Yes. He ain't the only one that can dribble a basketball. You're going to say that find the, you another spokesperson. Yeah, the NBA has become very marketable with a lot of their individuals, and it's not just what it used to be. Air Jordan and everybody else. Like you got a lot of people that are out there that you can hit your wagon to. Absolutely. And finally, Giselle Bundchen is making moves, setting up her homestand right next to her ex-husband. Now apparently. She closed on an $11.5 million home in the Miami Beach area right across the creek where Tom Brady's building a house. Now, sources connected with a couple, former couple, I guess, say that Tom knew Giselle was buying the house and it all has to do with co-parenting, making it easy for the kids to go back and forth. Now, it's 6,600 square feet, has all the bells and whistles, a home theater, a gym, and a playroom. It's got a dock out back just like Tom. And I guess you can drop off your kids by boat. So, yeah. I'm on a boat. So I guess good for if, if that that'd be hard for me. Yeah. To be a high profile individual coming out of a high profile marriage, a high profile divorce, and our homes are gonna be that close to each other, that'd be a little tough for me. It it would be it would be weird. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would be dedicated to his family and his kids. I'm just What do you mean he doesn't seem like he'd be dedicated well, to his family? I, I mean, you know, he went back to Tom Brady, huh? he's got to be Tom Brady. He can be fluid. What does I mean, that mean? Well, no, but here's the thing. He had the chance. Oh, you're talking about like dating-wise? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to stop him from dating, but I, I think that Tom Brady's very much been a family man the last decade or so. I had just, I don't know. It's just the whole retirement, unretirement, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like. You could have done more for your family rather than going back to play football. I don't know. I just feel like it's maybe there's a lack of dedication to the family. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. I'm not sure. All right. It's going to wrap up uh, Word on the Street. Who we got up next? We got Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, talking Vikings next on The Late Show. Always fun to talk Minnesota Viking football with Matthew Collar. He joins us on the John Schutzikoa Banker Hotline. From Purple Insider. Matthew, uh, when is your flight? When are you heading out to Buffalo? I know that you wouldn't miss this. I am already here. I'm already in Buffalo. Oh, nice, nice. How many Buffalo wings have you devoured already? (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I did have, well, it was a, a buffalo chicken salad uh, is what I had for lunch, but uh, the night is young. The night is young. So be honest. Do the best buffalo wings reside in Buffalo? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no question. I mean, there, there are some things that, like our sort of mythology at this point about, oh, this place is known for that when, look, we kind of can have lots of food almost anywhere. Um, but Kansas City does great barbecue. New Orleans does everything, and Buffalo does wings and pizza. And, uh, you know, most of the nation places that I've been, they don't really care about it. I mean, they take wings, and they fry them up, and they put hot sauce on them, and they say, here you go, Buffalo wings. It's an art form here. I mean, places make their own sauce. There's 40 different kinds of sauces. They have perfected how to cook them. I mean, it's it's something else. I didn't know that Buffalo, New York had good pizza. When I think of pizza in New York, oh, I, yeah. I, I do think of, I mean, just in New York, I've been to Manhattan and, and Little Italy is some of the best pizza I've, I've ever had in my life. But, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's actually kind of like it's its own thing, too. Like, there, there aren't many places – that have it quite like this. Uh, it's like a very thick pizza, not not quite like Detroit, which is like a, or Chicago, which is like a soup rather than a pizza. But uh, yeah, it's, it's its own thing. If you look up like national pizza rankings, what cities do it the best? They're up there because there's so many places that make wings. Naturally, goes along with it. Yeah. All right, Matthew. Let's get to the uh, to the matchup: the Bills versus the uh, the Vikings. Uh, let's start with the Bills because they have been the big story of the week in the fact that quarterback Josh Allen has the UCL uh, um, injury. Uh, your thoughts, do you think that he ends up playing this week? Because I'm rather pessimistic that he's going to be the starter. Yeah, at this point I would be shocked. I mean, he doesn't practice either Wednesday or Thursday. That's usually not a very good sign for someone playing. I mean, even if he was limited on Friday just for the Bills to play mind games with the Vikings, I mean, that is an injury that, they don't want to mess with. I mean, you're talking about putting a guy at risk for further injury. I mean, usually what this is is some sort of sprain or some sort of tear uh, or kind of the same thing, if I understand. And and if you're talking about uh, making that worse, were he to get hit again the same way and not give that some time to heal, um, I mean, that's like their season. And you look at this team, you look at the way that they've started this season, even if they were to make it as a wild card going into the playoffs because Case Keenum lost a couple of games while Josh Allen was out, I mean, they could run through the entire AFC. They're strong enough with Josh Allen in there that even if they weren't the number one seed, they could still do it. But if you lose Josh Allen for the season, if you have something that hurts him for a long term in any way, I mean, that's, that is a big problem. So I think they want to be uh, you know, risk-averse here. Plus, you know, the way that – I mean, he did launch one ball deep down the field after he got hurt, but there was another throw that I saw 30 times watching TV on the flight today over and over again on ESPN where he just, like, threw it and grabbed his arm and threw it short. It's like – I don't know how effective he could really be throwing the football. I mean, hit that, his thing is having this big monster rocket arm, and if it's going to hurt him every time he throws – um, I, I don't know how effective he would be. So I think that it's, it's better for them if Josh Allen sits, but also at the same time, they got a real race. We have no division race. We're still like, oh, it's over after eight weeks. But that AFC East, there's some ball clubs out there, Henry. I mean, there's teams that are nipping at their heels that they want to hold off. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure that they want him back as soon as possible. I just think it would be 
maybe not very smart to do it this week. He covers the Vikings at Purple Insider. Uh, take a look at purpleinsider.com. His name is Matthew Collar. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Matthew Collar. He's joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. At this particular point in his career, is Case Keenum good enough, talented enough to uh, to, to beat the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, uh, a bunch of backups have already almost beat the Vikings on worse teams than the Buffalo Bills. And look, when you look at Case Keenum's career as a whole, there are a lot of good performances in there. I mean, there's some ups and some downs. There's some bad teams he's been on. There's one particular great team that we know in the 2017 Vikings. But when you go through the total of it, is he can give you a really good game when he's got a good team, when he's got a good system uh, and a good situation. I do think that you know maybe the Bills' setup is not as good as it has been in previous years. You still have Stephon Diggs, but I've not been impressed by their offensive line as much this year. I mean, last week, the Jets' defensive line, which is really, really good, but it's, it's still dominated. It pressured Josh Allen a lot. And you have Zadari Smith and Daniil Hunter who have really gotten it together. So I think that Keenum under pressure is not too good. He's not going to run away like Josh Allen, but could he keep the train on the tracks? Can he hit some shots downfield here and there and and beat you? Uh, Absolutely, man. I mean, I'm not going to be the one to underrate Case Keenum for the entire 2017 season. I was like, when's he going to, when are the wheels coming off? When's the wheel coming off? And it didn't until the NFC championship game. So even though he's a couple of years older from that, he's still, um, turn out to be a, a pretty darn good quarterback for a guy that was undrafted out of Houston. What, what do you make of their running attack? Because I feel like Singletary is the best back that they have, but they go out and they get Hines. Um, they drafted Cook, but it just, I don't know, something just is off with their running game. What do you make of it? Yeah, they kind of don't really have one, and they've weirdly invested a lot recently. I mean, the, the Zach Moss and James Cook and now Naeem Hines. Like, why are you investing in running backs? You don't know how to use them. Um, I mean, they, they seem like a team that would be the classic, like, go out and get just some veteran that's 27 or 28 years old that's been a you know bounce-around kind of guy or something that Josh Allen could throw to. I mean, Hines is the guy uh, that he could throw to out of the backfield, but it's Josh Allen is really their running game. And, you know, you look at the way that the Vikings have played recently against teams in the rushing attack, I mean, they've been excellent. You know, there's there's no revenge game here between Harrison Phillips and his former team. But Harrison Phillips has been a big deal for this team. I mean, even with Delvin Tomlinson going down and them still finding ways to slow down the run uh, last week that Washington couldn't pick up a consistent running game, Buffalo just doesn't have one. And And I don't know if that's because it's hard to get one going and get it rolling when you have a quarterback who can – run for a 60 yard touchdown like well why why would i why would we be establishing the run by pounding over and over again when you have this guy who can do absolutely anything so i don't know if it's if that's the reason um that josh allen is just so effective that like why would you keep pushing the run button or if they don't have a very good running scheme i mean sometimes with offensive coordinators and i've even felt this way about o'connell a little bit this year like all right, press that pass button again. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't drawing up run plays in my backyard in the dirt, uh, thinking about my big job as an offensive coordinator, play caller. I'm, I'm dialing up pass plays. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that is a real big key, though. Of course, if 
Buffalo could get it going, then the Vikings would have a much tougher time guarding Stephon Diggs and, and playing against Case Keenum. But I thought it was a huge reason why they slowed down Taylor Heineke. And honestly, Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum has kind of some similarities there. I mean, I think that Keenum is better, but you know, both are kind of undersized. If you make both sit back in the pocket and throw all the time, um, it's going to be hard for them to beat you. So that run game is really relevant this week. Um, when you look at um, TJ Hawkinson, how impressed were you from his performance last weekend? Because I've been a fan of his for the last few years, and when we acquired him, me and you talked about it here on the show, I was I was pretty pumped. I, I like the acquisition. What, what did you make of his uh, his uh, performance uh, in his uh, first game for the Vikes? Yeah, I mean, I was like uh, one of the, the dunk contest judges. I just put up a 10, 10 out of 10 for last week. I mean, just, just impressive. I mean, there was one one sack or pressure, it might have even been a sack, where he didn't know the snap count, I think. And, you know, okay, that's fine. He's playing his first game. He played 60 snaps. That's insane. It, just a few days after being acquired at the tight end position, which is very complicated, I mean, that says a lot about him as a guy, that he was able to do that. Him and Christian McCaffrey, like two real pros that could join their teams and jump right into the fire. But then... I mean, he broke off some really great routes to get open when he was one-on-one with linebackers. Um, He was able to, you know, teams are playing this deep safety thing. Well, he was able to, on one play, cut underneath those two deep safeties right behind the linebacker, uh, you know, for a first down catch. I mean, there was no tight end for the Vikings that had that many catches since 2018, (laughs) and he does it in his debut. I mean, you just couldn't have asked for anything more. I thought it was a big reason why they won the game, and you know, all the things that sometimes in football we talk about all these hypothetical things that, hey, what if this guy just does this and he'll add that and then it never happens. I think everything that we were saying last week about TJ Hawkinson, being able to go down the field a little bit more, give a security blanket to Kirk Cousins, make some plays with the ball in his hands. I think they got that from him last week, and, and I don't see any reason why that's going to slow down uh, as we go forward here. I think it's really big for their offense. Who wins and why? You know, I, uh, at different times this week, have picked both teams on the podcast <laughs> to win this game. Uh, you know, this is a, with Case Keenum in there, it's even. It's an even matchup because they're playing in Buffalo. Uh, I am from here. I know how difficult this is to play at Buffalo when this team is rolling. Um, this is not going to be one of those stadiums that Vikings fans take over. That's for sure. It's not going to be Washington, D.C., where it's half purple. This is going to be a Bills home game. They have a great coach. They have a great receiver. But, the, you know, a backup quarterback, though, right? So, I like, I, I keep going back and forth um, the way that Darius Smith is playing. I guess I'm going to go with the Vikings because I don't think that Case Keenum can deal with their pressure. But <laughs> I don't know, man. This is, this, is a, this is one that I think could be, like, 20 to 17 again. It could be kind of a, a slugfest. I hear you, Matthew. Well, hey, man. Have fun in Buffalo. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. But, uh, hey, man, whenever you get a chance to get out of town, especially when you get to see uh, family and be you know, be home, it's, it's always a good deal. So I'm happy for you, man. Really appreciate that, Henry. We'll talk soon, man. All right, take care. That's Matthew Collar joining us here on The Lake Show, Mr. Purple Insider himself. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, wrap up the show next. All right, don't forget, we'll be live from the Huntington Bank Rotunda at Mall of America on Tuesday for our 20th annual Hunger Mission Radiothon. 
to benefit the Union Gospel Mission. Volunteers are still needed to answer phones and take donations. Please, please, if you can help out for an hour or two, please go to ugmtc.org slash WCCO to sign up. Let me give you that one more time. That's ugmtc.org slash WCCO to sign up. That particular give back campaign for union gospel mission is very, very important to all of us. And um, look, I try to do as much as I can year round, but there's no more important time to give back, at least in my opinion, than in the wintertime over the holidays, because we all should be helping somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really unfortunate that this is the time of the year that this kind of becomes top of mind because we see all of these, you know, these individuals. It's a lot harder, I feel, Henry, when the weather gets colder, if you're struggling, it just exemplifies those struggles. It just magnifies those struggles. And, and with the price yes, yes, of everything nowadays, we need to help each other. Yep. Even more so. So this, yeah, this is the time to step up, and I know this is one of the the flagpole uh, things that WCCO Radio has done over the years. So uh, I know Tuesday is going to be a very important and personal day to a lot of people here, and if you can at all uh, help out for any amount of time and uh, pay it forward to your fellow Minnesotans, that would be great. Make sure that you stop on by Huntington Bank Rotunda Mall of America Tuesday. November, uh, but that would be the 15th, the 15th, 20th annual Hunger Mission Radiothon to benefit Union Gospel Mission. All right, uh, we are done. Chris is done for the week. I'll be back. I got two hours of the late show tomorrow night going into Timberwolves pregame and Timberwolves basketball on the road against the Grizzlies. I'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.